0: It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends.
1: And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast, talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcast from. Well, it's another Saturday morning, the weekend. Yeah, hey, it has arrived. It's the seventh day of October and coming up in just a moment moment. As always, we have our Saturday morning property market update. We are going to have a look at some of the talking points around the UAE, in particular Dubai today and another busy week. I see that Dubai's residential property market is going off as we know, but what about Al Barari experiencing a 400% surge in property investment deals and a 35% increase in residential prices in the first nine months of 2023. That was reported by the Arabian business and in contrast, they say in this article, other sought after luxury pockets in Dubai like Palm Jumeirah, Emirates Hills and Arabian ranches have seen slower growth rates. I like the way they say slower growth rates because it's still an increase of 27% which is still pretty reasonable. Who is buying? Who's buying these properties? Well, European investors, particularly from the UK and the Netherlands, dominate the high-end real estate market in Al Barari, just in case you were wondering.
0: It's the Saturday Morning Property Market Update. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate on the Dubai Property Podcast.
1: Yes, that is us, the Saturday morning property market update. And with me once again, we have Matthew Gregory and Nia Gaskin. Let me come to you first, Nia, because I saw in the Gulf News this week, they were reporting on a story that might make people sit up and pay attention and pay their bills on time. Let me explain. Property owners in Dubai who consistently Default on service charge payments may face the risk of having their homes auctioned to recover owed funds. As a last resort measure, the courts have become more willing to grant requests to auction some properties. It's based on a three-tier system for recovering funds from property owners. In the first instance, Level 1 involves property management companies issuing legal notices to the defaulting property owner. Level 2 allows properties behind on payments to be denied a JARI rental contract and sales until dues are settled, and Level 3 enables property management companies to take possession of the unit and auction it off with court approval. Near it's a bit of a scary thing for those people that decide not to pay their bills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, quite a lot of people do tend to buy things that aren't ready and they plan to sell them before they've even completed. They've made laws against that now, so it's a bit more difficult, but there are loopholes as we can see now with um, some of the new launches like Sea Jebel Ali. So people are just essentially selling paper. Like we mentioned previously with um, Damak Lagoons, they've been sold three or four times before they've even been built. So that's kind of what is not controlled in the market is people selling things that aren't ready and they they don't actually have an intention to pay it back because they plan to sell it before they have to make that final payment. And if they don't sell it and they can't make the final payment, this, this sort of thing happens, unfortunately.
1: Yes, I see the judges have become stricter in enforcement due to rising rents, encouraging the use of auction measures. Have you struck that very often, though, in terms of your day-to-day working life?
0: Me personally, no, just because um, I've heard of people through some of my clients talking about they know someone who has, they've bought something in an auction. Typically, to be honest, I haven't seen it that much myself. Um, I've heard of it more while speaking to clients about what they've heard. And it's just sort of it's putting people off a lot more, you know, taking that risk buying something they don't plan to actually make the final payment on, which people just used to do all the time a lot more frequently before. Uh, whether it's actually slowed down and deterred people, I'm not too sure because people are still, are still being able to, to resell quite easily. Okay. So
1: what do you think, uh, Matt? This is obviously a bit of a problem where people are going to have to cough
2: up the money. So the tenants associations within uh, the community, they need some power in order to make sure that people are paying. And like you quite rightly said, you know, back in 2018, when rents were really low, certainly into 2020, they were using the excuse of low rents, therefore I can't pay. Now there's no excuse, right? Rents have got up, you know, pretty much a hundred percent. You know, the villa that I took in the Springs back in 2020 was 105,000 dirhams. The landlord has just rented it for 220,000 dirhams. So, you know, that is a massive increase. And so there's really no excuse now. But, you know, this level tiering system gives people the opportunity to pay. The ultimate consequence here is a travel ban or your bank accounts being frozen. So the deterrents are certainly there.
1: Yes, so the advice is to probably pay your bills. Once again, we've got record high homes over $10 million near, constantly always taking up plenty of oxygen being reported.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this time, I mean, last year we were overtaken by New York, Hong Kong and London, but so far this year we're overtaking all of them. Uh, we've got 277 sold uh, properties over the value of $10 million so far. And there's a report that global high net worth individuals are going to plan to spend $2.5 billion overall, that is not Durham's, in Dubai property this year. So it only looks to, to be like it's going up. I suppose naturally as the population's increasing, we're attracting even more. More people coming here—it's um, to be expected, especially because you provide the safety to those those high net worth people um, who might not get it in their own countries.
1: Yeah, that term high net worth individual. I hate it. I hate that term. It gets reported just so much in the in the news, high net worth. And of course, most people are not in that uh, category. I guess we're all just a little bit envy, perhaps, near.
0: Yeah, potentially, I suppose. I mean, uh, I speak to some of my clients there and, you know, you've seen uh, someone's knocking up a, a huge hundred plus million Durham mansion in, in one of the fronds. Yeah. And just thinking, yeah, just remember, they're a normal person as well. Just speak to them like a normal person. So I think that's the biggest obstacle sometimes speaking to these um, these sort of clients is just to to treat them like you, like nicely, like you treat anyone else. And um, yeah, just try to make normal conversation. But yeah, it's definitely a, a term that's thrown around quite a lot here, I suppose, because I'm from Wales myself. We don't normally have that term thrown around at all there. So yeah, it's definitely a different different sort of world here.
1: Yeah, I think that that is right. That is the way to sort of uh, go about it because they are just another human except they are a high net worth individual. What about you, Matt? Uh, how do you deal with these high net worth individuals? It's a commonly
2: used term. Well, I mean, high net worth individual is one, but now we've got the ultra high net worth individual. So that's another term <laughs> being banded around. I just looked at a stat here, actually, which is quite, uh, quite eye-opening. So in 2022, so it will be a year ago, high net worth individuals were just one. 0.2% of the global population. However, they control 48% of the world's wealth. So that is a, a staggering stat, if you think about it, in terms of the number of people. But I think the migration, as Nia said, of, of sort of high net worth people coming into Dubai, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tangible. I mean, you can sort of see it. The people that are just walking around, they're, they're just the sheer value of some of their properties is staggering.
1: Well, talking of high net worth individuals, I guess we should have a look at some of the launches this week across Dubai. There's another developer, the developer is called Select. And they're launching a new location in Dubai Maritime City. Now, Nia, this is uh, a little bit away from, it's not exactly downtown Dubai, is it?
0: No, it's not. So yeah, a bit further out than than we myself normally focus on, but it's still kind of like a beachfront style community which is nice because you've got the ocean views and everything like that whereas a lot of the other new launches are building out further into the desert so that's what makes this one a little bit different especially because we don't hear i myself don't hear too much about select group but over that side it's a little bit more prevalent
1: what do you think the drive time is here about 20 25 minutes
0: yeah, if you're driving on a, a nice weekend day uh, with not mops of traffic, but lately it's been taking, you can either double or sometimes even triple your drive time if it's, you know, rush hour or even between the hours of, of four to seven every weekday, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be better to live and work close by to there, I reckon, if you're looking at having it as an end user.
1: What about the value in terms of being a little bit further out, the sort of cost value versus something obviously very close to Dubai? It should represent some pretty good buying.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as we've seen, you know, Russell Kamer really coming up as well. So this will be, you know, kind of the perfect location in between Russell Kamer and Dubai as well. If you wanted, if you didn't really mind not being in Dubai or one of the main places, you know, every day or most days of the week, and you just wanted to relax somewhere, especially with the beachfront community, um, the distance doesn't, it's not too much of an issue. It's just if you were to, say, work somewhere closer to one of the central parts, but yeah, you can definitely get more value for, for there at the moment so it's looking to launch handover in a few years of course that could be extended by that point you know it might have been built up a lot around that area right now it's good value definitely i'd say one worth looking at if you don't have to travel to work every day in one of the the main areas but who knows in three or four years maybe it'll be quite expensive there like we said it's it's one of the very few beachfront communities left um on that side so yeah it's definitely one to look at
1: And Matthew, in terms of the Dubai Maritime City, what about something that is existing just to give the audience a bit of a breakdown on some of the values uh, currently available?
2: So the price point down at uh, Port Rashid at the moment or in Dubai Maritime City is around 2.2. Now, there's not much that's actually ready. So a lot of the stuff that we have at the moment or the stock is is around 2.2 million. But that's a, a slightly bigger apartment that we're seeing down at the, the Nautica, which we're just talking about there. So I would imagine that the Nautica apartments would be pretty competitively priced when they actually launch the pricing. But they're doing two towers, identical towers, Nautica 1, Nautica 2, 328 apartments ranging from sort of 615 square foot up to over a thousand. You've also got the QE2 down that end of town. And as Nia said, if you're working down that end of town, Business Bay, DIFC, this isn't too far away and gives you an opportunity to live pretty much right on the ocean. And let's go back into almost the life of a high net worth individuals because developers
1: are always looking for the next best thing that they can offer their residents. Tell the audience, near a little bit about VR scuba pools of all things.
0: This is something that's well, new. I haven't seen it yet in Dubai. Um, so they're creating, it's called Dubai's Damat Casa. It should be handing over in May 28, and they're going to add, as well as an aqua spa, this virtual reality scuba pool and that'll take you through the Red Sea, Indian Ocean, and then sometimes even in space. So whilst you're in this this scuba pool with the headset on, that's sort of where you're, it looks like you're, you're going to. So it's ideal, I suppose, for those people who are here over summer uh, and they They can't leave because of work and they can just pretend that they've left and (laughs) escape the the heat outside. So it's an interesting launch, definitely one I haven't seen before. Um, Nice to see new fun things like this popping up, especially when people bring their their kids over. So yeah, it would be interesting to see what that's like. And if they have a demo, I'm definitely looking to go and try it.
1: Now, when did you say the delivery for that apartment is?
0: This is expected in May, 2028.
1: Oh, well, that is interesting because there's a few years away and VR, of course, I mean, this is going to develop uh, greatly in the next uh, three odd years. In fact, three years, we're talking four years. So in terms of scuba pools, I wonder what else they'll be offering up the consumer.
0: Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll have an indoor skydiving thing as well with some VR of uh, jumping over Dubai. And this
1: would be right up your alley, wouldn't it, Matthew, as a scuba VR pool?
2: <laughs> I don't scuba, but I'm sure that the ocean is going to be a far better experience than a VR pool. That said, it's going to be very interesting to see and no doubt experience for the residents of that tower. But yeah, certainly uh, one of those things that catches the ice for me.
1: And to wrap up the Saturday morning property market update, uh, let's find out what the latest talking points are on Palm Jebel Alley because it is continuing to make plenty of news. Near what is going on from your corner?
0: Yep. So they've um, they sold out the first phase of launches from some of the fronds, and they've uh, just I think they've almost sold out or just sold out the second phase as well. No apartments handed over yet, but they have opened up commercial plots. So interestingly, compared to Palm Jumeirah, on this one they've opened up a commercial plot on one of the actual fronds. Now I'm not sure how that would work comparing to Palm Jumeirah because you have such tight security getting onto the private fronds with the private beach for the the residents there. Maybe they've just you know reserved this frond just for commercial use. I'm not sure how the residents would feel. Lots of hotel goers going in and out of their private beach, but um, we'll see how that how that pans out and what the uh, the full plan is on that.
1: Oh, yes, because the high net worth individuals, they don't want
2: common people walking through. (laughs)
0: Oh, we don't want those uh, no-no peasants, thank you. Especially not the ultra-high net worth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ultra, exactly. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. I think Palm Jebel Ali is going to be a talking point that no doubt will roll off our tongues for for a number of years. And I think that as we see more and more launches, we're going to be staggered by what's actually going to come on there. No doubt you've seen some of the videos of people queuing through the night and bundling to get through the doors of the Nikhil offices to try and secure something. So, yeah, it was uh, fun to watch, but I'm glad I didn't queue through the night, that's for sure. Yes. No, I can
1: think of better
2: things to do. Well, that
1: wraps it all up on our Saturday morning. Uh, Matthew, have yourself a fantastic uh, weekend. Thanks, Craig. Also, Nia, thanks for coming on to the Dubai Property Podcast.
0: Uh, Thank you very much, Craig, and I'll see you next time. Navigate the world of real estate like a pro with expert insights, opinions and trends to up your game and knowledge when buying your next property. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.